Welcome back to another episode of A Cup of Joel, where today we will talk about the United Order or the Law of Consecration. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose, a place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to A Cup of Joel this week, everybody. I am super excited to be able to share once again some wisdom imparted from my friend Joel Harper. This episode you're really going to love. He really imparted some wisdom beyond the topic of what we were dis- we were discussing. And I think that if you listen and can apply what he's saying, it will just change your life, really. He just has so much great insight and things that I was just blown away with myself. And I'm so thankful for him and his willingness to do this. So let's get right to the podcast today where we are discussing the United Order, otherwise known as the Law of Consecration. Here you go. All right, Joel, how's it going this week? Hello, Meg. (laughs) It's been a I thought we could start with uh, an easygoing, non-controversial segue okay. before we get into today's topic. Okay. Has the Republican Party lost its mind? <laughs> oh my gosh! That's very non-controversial. Oh my heavens! Is the world gone mad? <laughs> Do we really want to go there, Joel? Do we really want to go there? The Democrats are just sitting on the sidelines, giddy as can be, but they've got no one to offer either. Mm. Neither party is like, ah. (laughs) You know, I have to say I'm very much out of the loop. I do not watch the news anymore. Well, I I will give you half credit. Okay. Um, I know it's kind of ignorance, but at the same time. Well, yeah, you can argue both ways. You have a life to live. You have a life, family, you have a neighborhood, your sphere of influence, you are very involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are to be in the world, mm-hmm. not of the world, but we should be in the world. And Washington can will only be as strong, I suppose, as the people underneath it supporting it. And mm-hmm. we can't advocate, ad, not to advocate, ad, to abdicate. <laughs> I live in the South and my vocabulary, you know, <laughs> extends to the sports page and it's more than two uh, syllables, I'd stutter. But uh, no, I, I, I can't complain about that. Sometimes I say to my wife, I, I just can't read the news today. Mm-hmm. It's just so exasperating. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I just got to give it a break. Yeah. You know, it's not so much the political stuff that makes me exasperated as it is just the garbage that you hear about people doing things to other people and as a mother, I guess I'm in this really kind of a tender phase. And I just, I'm like, I just don't need to have that worry placed on me right now. You know, and so you know, something that we don't think a lot about is the, is the ninth commandment. Why in the world did Moses come down off that mountain with thou shall not bear false witness? I mean, that's gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in his day, it was limited to Susie gossiping about Betty or Frank gossiping about Stan and, and maybe two or three others heard it. And, mm-hmm. and that was it. A whole commandment dedicated to that. 
very hurtful, of course, but look at our day with social mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. I can speak evil about you. I can break the ninth command about you and a million people know about it in five minutes mm -hmm. and they'll take it as truth. Mm -hmm. That's and, really and true. You just spend all your life fighting fires if you live in that horrible world. That's the, da the black side of social media, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We all break that ninth commandment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. You know, and who was it that said, uh, well, another side, you never start a comment by saying, who was it? You always make up a name because 90% <laughs> of your listeners have no idea. But you have to pick somebody kind of obscure. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it was uh, Marvin J. Ashton <laughs> who once said, you know, remember when said uh, Isaiah said, you know, your sins will be spoken from the rooftops? Mm -hmm. You know, what in the world did that mean when Isaiah said it? Well, now mm. it's, you know, it's, I, don't, I can't say it's literally antenna, but by golly. Oh, I love that, wrong. Joel. That is so good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I, that is maybe, so good. Maybe Heavenly Father knew what he was talking about. Oh, maybe. Maybe he did. He said something to Isaiah that wasn't going to be fulfilled for 1,800 years. Mm -hmm. It's like, I gave you advance notice, people. That is so good. Yeah. I'm going to think yeah. about that every time I... I'm tempted to blast somebody on social media when I always blast people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that is so good. I mean, I just think that's so important. Like, that's such a good concept to think about. Yeah, yeah but it, it's resulted in this horrible environment. And you can be pro or anti-Trump. The, the point is, all that social media ill will doesn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. All these comments, and they're all anonymous. You mm -hmm. know, and you don't know who's really saying what. And you, again, mm -hmm. in the old days, if I had something to say, the only channel I had, which was social media equivalent, was a letter to the editor. Mm -hmm. And then I had to sign my name and give my address. And there, Joel Harper mm -hmm. is out there. And mm -hmm. I would watch what I said because I'm out there. Mm -hmm. Now I have a fake ID, you know, Bob Smith. And Bob Smith goes online and goes, you know, blah, 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 Bishop, blah, 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 Gordon mm -hmm. Hinckley, blah, 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 Thomas Monson. And mm -hmm. I could break all the commandments I want. Yeah, that is very good insight. We could just end there. We could just end there. You know, I'm glad <laughs> this yeah. shows the difference between you and me when you're like, let me bring up this great topic to just start off talking about. And I was like, I was going to ask Joel, like what his favorite thing to eat this week was. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you just you go right in. You just go <laughs> right in, Joel, for like the good stuff that people really need to hear. But I'm just like, what about the food? <laughs> well, the North Carolina State Fair was this last week. Are you a state fair kind of gal? You know, have you been to a state fair, a county fair? Uh, have I been to a state fair? I don't think I have actually been to like the state fair. I've been to yes. fairs and county fairs, but not the state yes. fair. The North Carolina State Fair enables you to eat even worse than you eat normally because mm -hmm. everything is fried, mm -hmm. you know, and that's sort of all the rage now, isn't it? Fried mm -hmm. Twinkies, deep fried Oreos, deep fried apple pie, right. deep fried pickles. You get yourself the funnel cake, <laughs> corn on the cob, just soaked in that. You can't even call it butter. I don't know what it is. It's that stuff <laughs> movie theaters put on their popcorn, <laughs> petroleum oil. <laughs> you know, and you just eat like a disgusting pig. You know, last month we talked about the word of wisdom. Hi, right. check that at the door at the state fair. <laughs> come out of that thing oh so what did you eat myself. that was so awesome 
Um, at the North Carolina State Fair, you know, I actually did watch myself. Sadly, mm-hmm. at the, when you're in your 50s, you pay the price, and mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it's not worth it. When mm-hmm. I was 17, I ate like your teenagers. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. But uh, I did get a um, like a, a barbecue sandwich. In North mm-hmm. Carolina, that's good eating. Mm-hmm. You can get a, a ham sandwich, a piece of salted ham mm-hmm. inside of a homemade from scratch biscuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baptists do really, really well at such things. Make mm-hmm. sure you go by the Baptist booth. Don't mm-hmm. go by the Mormon booth. Mm-hmm. Mormons don't do well. When Is it, it called a make- pork sandwich? Yeah. 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 See, yeah. that's a total East Coast or Southern thing because yes. it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I grew up on it in New Jersey. We'd have pork sandwiches for... Sure. And it's not sure. the shredded pork. Oh, down here it's the shredded pork. No, but what is this? Is it like a slab of ham yeah. that you eat? Like it's cut like a... Yeah. What is that called though? There's a specific name for it. Here it's called a ham biscuit in New Jersey. Huh. Who knows what those Yankees... Yeah. Vil- how they vilify the fine yeah. down here in the South. Yeah. Yeah, and there's homemade ice cream you can get at these state fairs. Mm-hmm. So did know. you get homemade ice cream? I got a banana pudding ice cream. Wow. Yeah. I'm not a big banana flavor person. I like bananas, uh-huh. but like banana cream pie <laughs> or banana pudding, not my thing. Okay. It's just, yeah. Any Actually, bananas. any fruit, that any like fruit dessert. If you give me a fruit dessert or a chocolate mm-hmm. dessert, it's always going to be chocolate. I'm always there going go. for the chocolate. There you go. So. Keep it up. But if you mix fruit and chocolate, that's a no-go for me. So chocolate dipped strawberries at the wedding not, reception? Yeah, not my favorite. You just it's go just to like the too juicy with the chocolate. I don't know. It's just you not just, my thing. You probably just lost half your listeners, Megan. That's I probably did. But, you know, they say the if you don't repel... You don't attract. So yeah. I just maybe attracted a whole bunch of people. Okay. You know, okay. I'll, I maybe repelled the 15 yes. <laughs> out of 30 yes. that listen to this podcast. We yeah. welcome today's episode. Everyone who does not like chocolate-dipped strawberries. <laughs> that would be Susan in New Mexico and the twins in Wyoming. That's right. So, all right. Well, let's get on to today's podcast topic. Do you want to introduce it for us? Well, after... Uh, discussing the uh, highs and lows of our two-party system in the United States of America. I thought we'd go to something a little bit uh, easier to swallow, easier to tackle, Mm -hmm. um, which is a topic I think about a lot. It's the second hardest commandment to keep in Joel Harper's uh, humble opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hardest commandment, I think, for any of us to keep is the commandment to uh, forgive um, and to forgive ourselves. That's a topic for another day. But boy, if you have to rank all the commandments, I suppose you'd say, which commandment's the hardest to keep? The one I'm struggling with now. Maybe money's tight, so paying tithing is hard now, or mm-hmm. it's hard to go to the temple now. Mm-hmm. I just find it hard to forgive when I have been wrong. And it's hard to forgive myself when I screw up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second hardest commandment, I think, is the commandment to love thy neighbor. That's the second hardest one. So I thought we'd talk about that for a few minutes. Okay. Um, well, the Democrats have to love the Republicans. <laughs> That's right. And vice Republican, versa, right? And vice versa. Um, you know, ironically, if that's the right word, don't you think, Meg, if we all would just keep that 
one commandment, you know, the, the greatest commandment is the commandment to love God. Mm-hmm. The second great commandment is to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a quote from our Savior. So, you know, if we just did those two things, I postulate we would not need any other commandments. We mm-hmm. just need those two. Mm-hmm. If we really loved our neighbor like Christ loves our neighbor, mm-hmm. would we need the additional commandment not to kill? Would we need the commandment do not steal? Yeah, you know, though, I think you're forgetting the last part of that where it says love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. And I think the real problem comes down to is that a lot of people don't love themselves. So if you can't love yourself, then you can't yeah. love your neighbor. Well, right. Do you suppose mm-hmm. that the two topics we've discussed so far are tied together? Is it hard to love ourselves because we can't forgive ourselves? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, for sure. We, I won't say we're meant to sin, but we do sin. Mm-hmm. We sin. Everyone sins. And it's hard to forgive yourself when you sin twice mm-hmm. or you sin that third time or that mm-hmm. fourth time. Yeah, well, and I think that comes from the fact that people think that this life is for us to be perfect. And it's exact. Correct. It's a, actually the exact opposite. Right. This life is for us to be imperfect and to make mistakes. Yes. Now, and to learn to be perfect, but it will not be achieved in this life. Right. Um, you can accuse me of splitting hairs, but again, when the Savior gave the Sermon on the Mount in the old world, which was his world, mm-hmm. to the to the Jews, he said, "You know, be ye perfect like my Father in heaven is perfect. Mm-hmm. That was the example of perfection. To the Nephites, he said, be ye perfect even as I am perfect. Mm-hmm. He did not claim perfection until after his resurrection. Mm, Very Um, great insight. Again, excuse me of splitting hairs. He lived a sinless life Mm -hmm. in the old world, yes. But we would not call that perfection because he did not call that perfection. Mm -hmm. He felt he achieved perfection enough to say, be ye therefore perfect even as I am perfect, only after he had died, Mm -hmm. gone to wherever he went, did whatever he did, got resurrected, did whatever else he did, and then Mm -hmm. came back down to the Nephites. Mm -hmm. So maybe same with you and me. We can Mm -hmm. still strive to live a sinless life. Thank goodness for the atonement so we can try again. Mm -hmm. But the perfection part, eh, that's not coming until, you know, next week. Wow, you're just full of great insight today. I'm so excited. We're not even like really into the topic yet. (laughs) It's it's that that deep fried donut I had. Um, They actually give you a Krispy Kreme hamburger where instead of a bun, it's a Krispy Kreme donut on both sides nice. of your meat and cheese. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> take 10 years off your life. Um, when the Savior gave us that commandment to love our neighbors, which I say is the second hardest commandment to keep, mm-hmm. um, he gave us an example of what he meant by that. Because you know, the word love is so misused in our culture. Mm-hmm. I don't misuse, it's just so too widely used. Mm-hmm. I love my spouse. My dog loves Alpo. Hannibal Smith loved it when a plan came together. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand different ways I can use the word love. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus says, love your neighbor. Well, he gave us an example of what he meant by that, which is the parable of the Good Samaritan. We won't repeat that here because all of our listeners know that inside and out. But none of us lived 2,000 years ago, and maybe we don't quite understand the Samaritan Jew thing mm-hmm. that he used. Um, 
heaven forbid, Joel starts writing his own parables, but I suppose if he were to give that parable to us today, he would say, okay, suppose one of our podcast listeners, she was going down the road, down the interstate, and came across a Muslim uh, Shirite, Shirite terrorist, a Muslim mm-hmm. terrorist from ISIS who lay beaten on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And then she gave aid to that terrorist and took her to the hospital and said, I'll pay her bills and get her healthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what Jesus meant in our day when he said, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's that type of animosity he was pointing to and anything less than that, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to giving us that example of this is what I mean by love, love your enemies, love your neighbors, love everyone. And this is what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally now and then he's actually given us a, an organization to, to practice that in. Um, LDS listeners will immediately think, oh, you're talking about the United Order. And I am. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that notion of loving your neighbor to the point where you have all things in common where there's no poor among you. Mm -hmm. Um, Enoch tried that and was successful. Joseph Smith tried that, was not as successful. Brigham Young tried that and was not as successful. Mm -hmm. Um, We all fear that coming back. (laughs) Because like, I don't want to lose my house. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we don't understand that the real United Order did have private property. You know, you, you owned what you owned. You deeded it to the church to your bishop, then it got deeded back to you as a stewardship. Mm-hmm. And then you were accountable to the bishop to how you used your private property. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the season, your excess was then given back to the church to help the poor and needy. So you had all things in common. Mm-hmm. And by excess, it's what your family just didn't need. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the farming community, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my five kids ate this much corn, we're full. Here's the rest of the corn we grew. Mm-hmm. Have at it, mm-hmm. poor people. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if I work for Ford Motor Company, I can't deed Ford Motor Company to the bishop. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I deed that. So in our day, we have tithing and fast offerings and others ways, mm-hmm. you know, to go about that. But back to back to the the point being, it's why we don't. I don't know really why. Enoch succeeded. I mean, I, we can speculate why. You know, why did Joseph Smith's version fail? Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard to live the United Order when all of us are living it right now perfectly mm-hmm. within our own homes? Mm-hmm. Everybody lives the United Order at home. And at home, you have an unequal contribution of resources to the family, mm-hmm. and you have an unequal utilization of those resources by family members. You know, in my family, and I know your your family well enough, Meg, you know, with stay-at-home moms that don't earn all that much income, mm-hmm. the husband brings in 99, if not 100% of the cash mm-hmm. the family needs to live on. Mm-hmm. So that's very unequal. There's six people in that family not contributing a literal physical dime, and one person bringing in all the dough. Mm-hmm. Then this cash is used on food and clothes, blah, 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 heat and air conditioning. And how is that consumed? Well, you got teenagers, they consume way more than their fair share of the one seventh or whatever many family members you have of mm-hmm. the family resources. Um, you got little kids hardly consume any at all. Mm-hmm. Yet we don't begrudge anybody for that situation, do we? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my teenagers, my, especially if I have sons who are in sports, they eat half the food in the pantry. Mm-hmm. I don't begrudge them for doing that. You know, as, as the male in my family, I brought in all the money. It didn't bother me mm-hmm. that my five children didn't bring in their fair share of cash to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. It just worked because I loved my family as much as I love myself, mm-hmm. even more so. Mm-hmm. Yet, so when there's a pie at the table and my son takes the biggest piece and doesn't offer to share it with his mom, I, I get irritated, but mm-hmm. I'm not kicking him to the curb. Mm-hmm. I just have a little chat with him about being thinking of others first and I move on with my life. Mm-hmm. If the neighbor kid comes over and eats the biggest piece of pie, I'm like, geez, holy cow, kid. You know, it's like that. Mm-hmm. I don't love my neighbor like I love myself. Mm-hmm. I don't love my neighbor like I love my family. And that even extends, Meg, to our extended family, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, my sister gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> my brother-in-law gets on my nerves sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. I find it very easy to love my family as myself in the context Jesus told me to love my neighbor. But boy, outside of that, well, yeah, I love my neighbor. But like only to the extent that my dog loves Alpo, mm-hmm. to the extent that I love in the familial sense, and it doesn't go there. Mm-hmm. And shame on me, because that's mm-hmm. I have a commandment I have to keep. It's the second great commandment. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, I guess if I knew that, I would be able to. Uh, you know, we would have this nutty podcast. You would be going translated right because you would have been translated, Joel. I would have been. I should have been long before now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's that natural man, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I can't say that's an excuse because Enoch and his company seem to overcome that, mm-hmm. and off they went. Mm-hmm. Why is it just so hard? You know, another prophecy in the latter days: the you know love of man will wax cold. It's going to be getting even harder to love our neighbor mm-hmm. as the latter days roll forth. I, I wish I had some good answers for you here, Meg. I can only scratch my head and go, I'm, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll say this. I suppose, number one, we should all just pray for this. It's a gift of the Spirit, don't you think? Yeah, totally. Am I wrong? Just yeah. pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, help me to love neighbor Bob. Mm-hmm. He's getting on my nerves mm-hmm. right now, you know. You know, you bring up a good point, though, there, because that commandment, like a lot of times with commandments, it always looks like God is asking us to do something for the benefit of somebody else, right? Like, okay. love thy neighbor so yeah. that your neighbor feels loved, yeah. right? Don't kill, or, don't steal. Don't kill, don't steal, because don't you don't want to cause all these problems. But really what it comes back to is it's really a commandment to help us. Yes. And so if that's the commandment and really we aren't able to love our neighbor as we should without praying right well then that's clearly maybe perhaps one reason why he has asked us to do that so that in order to do it we have to rely on him like most things very to true be the way that we're supposed to be good it point. all comes back to relying on him to be able to accomplish that excellent i guess another thought i would, th- I would throw out there meg is this notion of, of ownership. Even though United mm-hmm. Order, in the United Order, you owned your stuff still, in the bigger picture, all this stuff I have is not, I only have it because Heavenly Father blessed me so. 
Mm-hmm. He made the air that I breathe. I can't take any ownership of that. If I start to get all, all high on my horse, like, well, this is my salary, I'm entitled to it. Well, Heavenly Father can snap his fingers and that job and salary can be gone in a heartbeat. Let's all look at Job. Mm-hmm. Everything we Let's owned. look at Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've lost half of my stuff through my stupid decisions. Sorry, you, in just, my life. you just set yourself up yeah, there, Joel. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, that pie that I'm begrudging my neighbor kid for eating half of, mm-hmm. in the end, all those ingredients are thankful because of Heavenly Father. So why mm-hmm. should I hoard it to myself? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I share my home with somebody who needs a place to stay for a day or a week or, mm-hmm. or three months? Blah, Which blah, blah. I will add, you guys are amazing at that. You guys opened your home a lot. Well, and I'm sure still will. It's that happens to be a strength of ours. Um, mm-hmm. Yet the neighbor kid went home crying because I, you know, yelled at him for eating half my pie. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, sometimes we all have our areas where we're just not willing yes, to give. We all have our pie just happens to be yours. <laughs> but the it's hard to love your neighbor when I. I guess I'm just too possessive of stuff that in the end, Heavenly Father blessed me with. And when I die, I don't take it with me. Do what he said in the, with, when the rich young man came up to me and said, I keep all your commandments. What else can I do to get to heaven? And Jesus said, mm-hmm. sell all you got and give it to the poor. Mm-hmm. Well, figuratively, we should all be doing that. Mm-hmm. Releasing all of our stuff so we can get to heaven. I have a hard mm-hmm. time with that too, young lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a very hard thing, and I think, I think one of the hard thing though too with um, this whole United Order or the Law of Consecration, as we often refer to right. it, is buy-in. Elaborate. I'm intrigued. It's really hard to be like I'm going to love my neighbor and do all these things for him but know that he wouldn't do it for you. Uh huh. So if somebody, if you're like, I'm all in, but not everybody else is in, it's really hard to stay all in. Yeah. So I think like in the case of Enoch, in the city of Enoch, everybody bought in. True. So it was really easy to do because everybody had bought into it and was willing to live that. Yeah. But if you just get one sour apple in there. Yes who doesn't want to do it, man, they can taint everybody. And then everybody starts to. Well, the natural man, that's That's right. The natural man comes out. And so it's constantly trying to fight that. Like people can act and choose to act how they want. And I still get to choose how to act how I want. Yeah. You know, I can still love my neighbor and they can treat me like garbage. Right. But it's hard to do. But it's hard to do. It's hard, hard, hard to do. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I mean this with all reverence. I, I've often thought about the Savior going into the atonement, the, the physical Garden of Gethsemane. And it's like, wow, this is a lot harder than I anticipated, which is where the Father, is there not another way I can, mm-hmm. we can get this thing done? If not, I'll mm-hmm. do it. But is there, you know, let this cup pass from me if possible. You know, mm-hmm. To the extent he thought, he knew, wow, 99% of the people I'm doing this for will not take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Just what you're saying. Yeah. And I talked but about that. Actually, He had buy-in. Yeah. 
And I, but I actually talked about that on my podcast a couple weeks ago where the savior was able to do that because he did not make it about him. Yes. A lot of times we don't do those things. We don't treat people the way that we know we should treat them. Yeah. Because when they treat us negatively, we're making it about us. Like, yes. oh, well, they're making, like, I have less worth in the eyes of other people. I must be a bad person. I must do all these things that are wrong because this person is telling me these things instead of saying, my worth will never change whatever they think about me, whatever yeah. they say about me, whatever they do to me. And it's really about them. They're just telling me something about themselves right. that they're just not at that place. And that's okay. They don't need to be there. Yeah. And the Christ never made it about him. Very true. That's right. He wasn't like, well, hello. Like, do you see <laughs> what I'm doing for you people? I can't believe that you're going to nail me to a cross and make me wear this crown of thorns. And someday you're all going to kneel and worship me and say, <laughs> Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. You know? yeah. But he never made it about them and he never made it. He understood where they were. Right. And yeah. he took them from where they were at and he was willing to do that because it was never about. Correct. Him. His attitude has always been what he expressed about the uh, Roman soldiers that were doing the nailing. Forgive all of us, Father, because none of these people know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Forgive all hundred billion of them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Side note, Greg always says that um, he's like, I think we're going to get to heaven and we're going to find out we were all crazy. Yes. And then none of us are accountable <laughs> for anything. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Let me know he opens up that church. I'll be his first member. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. no, he, he is right. Well, I think he's right in the sense we'll all show up there and be on the receiving end of far more mercy. Mm -hmm. it'll, just, it'll just blow us all away. The love and mm -hmm. the mercy that's coming at us. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can really take that perspective a little bit more in your everyday life, then you're like, all I need to give to other people is forgiveness and mercy. Yeah, yeah. That's all I need to give to them. Yes, and, and to because, ourselves. Yes. Forgiveness and mercy, and you're right. And if we will do that, we are well on our way to this keeping the second great commandment, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Now we're loving our neighbor as Jesus loved us. Mm -hmm. Extending mm -hmm. mercy and extending forgiveness. And mm -hmm. he said, he'll cover the justice part. No one's going to get away with anything. And he's like, mm -hmm. I got that. Have faith. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. loopholes. Everyone will get what's coming to them. But just mm -hmm. forgive and love, mm -hmm. and I'll take care of the rest, and you'll be very happy with the outcome. But so hard to do, Joel. Yes, ma'am. It's just like choosing that salad over the fried apple pie. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's like, right. I know I should do that. I know I should eat that. That's but right. I really want to do that. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. You know, many a prophet has reminded us, you know, that charity, the pure love of Christ, is not something that we can obtain on our own volition. It is a gift from God. We have to earn it. We work for it. You know, we have to do our part. But in the end, I can give all the dollar bills to the homeless people on the street corners I want. Those are charitable acts, but that doesn't make me a charitable person. 
as a gift from God. Moroni says it right there as a gift from God that we need to pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get that gift from God, it was we are loving our neighbors the way Jesus mm-hmm. wanted us to. Mm-hmm. So somehow the folks of Enoch's zip code got that gift from God. Um, mm-hmm. We struggle with it. I'm sure they mm-hmm. did too. We struggle mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember, like you said, like they weren't perfect. Right. They yes. They weren't perfect, but they were living after the manner of perfectness. Yes. Yes, their hearts were in the right place, enough mm-hmm. that they were, were translated. All right. Well, great discussion <laughs> once again about fair food and mercy. Yes. <laughs> and loving your neighbor. That's right. My two which favorite we subjects. Are, are terrible at picking good food and <laughs> loving other That's people. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go goodness. eat a donut now. I know. I know. <laughs> go yell at my kids. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Do you have the topic for us for next week? For next month? Sorry, oh, not next that's week. That's right. Um, next month is be our uh, our December broadcast, our podcast, won't it? Yeah. Um, the good news for your listeners is I, I polled a number of them, and we are going to cancel the uh, podcast listener gift exchange that we typically do <laughs> in December. Uh, we won't be doing that this year, and you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> What about the ugly sweater part? Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> I, I'd rather cancel that, quite frankly, than the <laughs> gift exchange. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you said that. I hope the people <laughs> who host that party do not listen to this podcast. I still love them, though. Oh, you love I them. I still love them. Just not their party. I just don't love the party. Okay. I thought next month we could have a, a decent talk about speaking of perfection and Jesus Living a sinless life, yes, but a perfect life, not that definition as a mortal. Um, by having a topic, a discussion next month on this notion that weakness is not a sin. And sometimes we get that confused. Oh, just mm-hmm. what is a weakness and what is a sin? And does my weakness lead to sin? And because I have mm-hmm. a weakness, does it make me bad? Because it doesn't. Acting on the mm-hmm. weakness can be bad, but mm-hmm. having a weakness isn't bad, especially if you read Ether and Jesus says, well, I gave you weakness. Why? Mm -hmm. So you'll be humble and come to me. So having a weakness can't be bad if if it's from Jesus. Let's elaborate on that next month. Okay. Sounds good. That'll be perfect. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today and imparting all of your wonderful wisdom (laughs) for all of my 30 listeners. You're welcome. You're welcome very much. And I apologize to the rest. There you go, everybody. There is the cup of Joel for this month, the month of November. I hope you each enjoyed all of the great little bits of wisdom that Joel has to offer. I just love how he comes up with even more than I thought he was going to and shares that with each of us. So I hope that you can take those little nuggets of wisdom with you this next week and throughout the month. And that you will come back again in December and be able to listen again. If you'd like to give us any feedback, please reach out to us by emailing me at meg, M-E-G, at theacowlife.com. We'd love to hear what you think about this segment of the podcast, as well as any suggestions you may have for it. 
So I hope you all got some rest this day and that you are recharged and rejuvenated for the week to come. And we will see you next month. Bye-bye.